Mount Draftmore. Yo, 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 what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Mount Draftmore. The boys are back in town, back in the building. The boys are back in town. Back, back in the boardroom for another clean, clean episode of Mount Draftmore. Ben in the control seat. Matt, Dylan, right here beside me. We're flying this aircraft as a unit. Fasten your seatbelt, folks. It's about to get real. Get in the P-38 cockpit. P-38 cockpit. Actually, it's more like the Starship Enterprise. Because yeah. all of us are in like these very sophisticated roles. Mr. Mr. Spock, set phasers to stun. Stunning. I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. Captain. <laughs> <laughs> We're back in the boardroom so that we can conduct another draft. This time, we're going to take it a different direction. We're going to draft questions. That's right. It dropped on questions. Oh, my God. We're going to drop some some questions on you. And then after we draft a question, we're going to try to answer Answer that question. question. Yeah. Some of these questions probably don't have answers, but that's okay. That's how they're designed. They're supposed to be thought-provoking. Yeah, the idea is to get us in some deep conversation. These are not yes/no questions. No, 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 no. These these are multifaceted, multi-answer questions. Which we hope after the episode, you know, you share this with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones, with your enemies. Because you know what, you keep your enemies close, just like you like you keep your friends close and you keep your enemies closer. Exactly. So you're even yeah. going to share this with your enemies, and then everyone is going to add some kind of discourse to the content that we're giving you, like to these questions, right? Let's have a good conversation about about questions. (laughs) Questions. (laughs) Questions. But before we can start asking questions or drafting questions, now everything's starting to sound like I'm saying weird words. Weird words in a weird way. Whoa. Okay. We got to roll the dice first. Roll the dice first. Dice in front of you, Matt. Let's see. 24. Oh, Again? man. Okay, 24. let's go. Let's go. Wait, hold. Oh, Matt. Oh, Dylan rolled 23 last time. All right. Come on, Bessie. 24. Shit. Oh. oh. It, counts. it counts. 17. 17. 17. All right. It's on the ground. I got to go fumble around for it. There's no way I could get down there. I got it, y'all. We got this. 28. Damn. Oh, oh man. Damn. Back in the wraparound. Hell yeah. Let's go. I have the, like, I got the question of questions, y'all. Oh. Are Ooh. we ready for this? Uh, yes. We're ready for it. Round one. Round one. First question. Profound question. It was asked in the 90s question mark. What if God was one of us? Man. Well, I okay, if you're Christian, he was one of us, and he was Jesus. 1995 is when that question was posed by Joan Osborne. But really, what if God was one of us? What if God was, was one, one of us? Just, Just a slob like one of us. Wait, is that actually a line to that song? Yeah. Oh, I didn't Just know that. Just a stranger on a bus trying to make his way home. God was one of us. He'd fucking kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I always was entertained by the idea of like 
Um, kind of like Lucifer, God coming down every now and then just to have, you know, like check things out. But being I'm just going to check it out. So godly that he can't even comprehend what we're doing. You know, it's like, it's like we're ants, right? I mean, what the fuck do we know about ants? We can observe them, but I don't know. What do we know about their ways? What, what, what do we know? What you know? do we know? So first with this question, we have to establish when God is one of us, does he still hold the power that he's supposed to hold? Well, you can definitely kill his mortal body. I think about it like this. Okay, uh, maybe I'm taking the wrong approach here, but Gandalf. Gandalf is a demigod, but he takes a mortal form. That mortal form can be killed, but he'll just revert back to his demigod like um, spiritual essence, if you will, right? And then it's up to God to like tell, like give Gandalf another body. So I would think it would be pretty similar. I mean, Jesus, if you know, I don't know. You have to have faith in this one, right? But like Jesus, divine, God, right? Killed. I think like I, when I envision this, I immediately think of, you know, Bruce Almighty, where it's just like a random, it's a regular dude that has all these abilities and powers. And I think it would play out very similarly to Bruce Almighty, where it'd be like, dude, completely over his skis, overwhelmed. Like he, he's just like, there's too much going on. Like he can't exist as just a normal human being. And he just, he's like, I got, I got to get out of here. There's too much because he can't block everything out, you know? Yeah, but see, in your scenario, in the Bruce Almighty scenario, God is providing his power to a human. But I'm asking, like, what if Morgan Freeman in oh, that what movie? What if he's like this? What if around? he just became yeah. one of us? I think he'd get jaded real quick. Yeah. Like, yeah. does he become a like a brutal dictator like pretty quickly? <laughs> I've got the power. I know what's gonna happen. Fuck you and your shitty choices. I, you know, I almost think he might take like a Doctor Manhattan type of route, where he's just like, mm. "There's, you know, this this world's fucked up. I gotta get out of here. Like, I'm gonna go live on Mars. <laughs> like, well, I, I can't handle it. Especially if like the bus doesn't show up, the number eight bus. Oh, I hate that bus. It's always late or it doesn't show up. Right? Imagine you're waiting for the bus. You're God. You're used to doing whatever you want. And the bus just doesn't fucking come. Man, that would jade you pretty quickly, right? Jaded me real fast. When I had to rely on the bus to get around in rainy Seattle. Or like my experience this morning, went through a Starbucks drive through line. Minivan in front of you takes 10 minutes. Oh, Damn, dude. Yeah. What? what? I don't know why. Did, was the minivan full? Was it like... I couldn't tell. The windows were tinted. Dude, so. Damn. you know they were probably picking up a order for the office well and that, but the things were handed out to the drive-thru were like the little like breakfast sandwiches whatever there's like five of those so man starbucks isn't mcdonald's like, get that shit out of i was here. like that's expensive what but, if they didn't even get anything what if they were just like yeah i just want a cake pop <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes for a cake pop that's a different question but if i'm if i'm god in that scenario that's gonna piss me off could you dis could you zap the car away would you do that I don't know. Are you benevolent? What are the rules? There's the three things. Omnipotent, omniscient, and... Omnipresent. Omnipresent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are the rules that we're functioning on with this what if God was one of us. Yeah. 
Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you're down here experiencing the mortal world, you, you could be, you could come, you could experience temptation. But again, I don't know. This is guys. I was raised Catholic, so I'm biased here. But like Jesus in the desert was tempted, but he didn't succumb to the temptation. But if you look in the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus was a kid. He was zapping bitches left and right with lightning. So like, <laughs> I don't know. Who the fuck electro knows? over here. Um, I also like to think that maybe it'd be a scenario where like God would be like, I'm the homeless dude. You know, like I'm just living out on the street and then I'm going to see like whether or not people have goodwill. Yeah, you know? but what? Okay. And so, then he smites the people who are like the, you know, the Wall Street investment bro or something like that. But he would, no, he, yeah, he would smite that person. He would also smite like average fucking people who are just like, yeah, I don't have extra money to give to you. I also <laughs> don't care to give you my time because you're dirty. Or would he reverse it? Not necessarily smite people, but would he like really reward people who did the right thing? So you help him out and he's like, hey, You've got big dick energy. Now I'm gonna. Now you have a big dick. Or oh, like, you have some severe little dick energy. Boom. Or your no, dick's he, tiny. He, he, Micro penis. He's there like, you go, son. He's like the guy who's like, I would recommend playing the lottery today. And here's the numbers I would play. You know. Yeah, and then the average person's gonna be like, "All right, bum, fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> they're not gonna pick those numbers and be mad the day after and go back to him. Be like, bro. And he's like, sorry. You had your chance. Yeah, your chance. Have your chance. I like that scenario where maybe he doesn't smite mm. people. He's like he rewards people. But I do think he would take on like a very like humble, you know, appearance or something. I don't think he'd be like balling or anything like that. Dude, he looked I, like Colin Rob. What Colin Robinson from uh, What Do We Do in the Shadows? Like that humble. You know what I'm talking about? Like uh, yeah, just like a like a like like a like a homeless dude. Like that's what I'm envisioning. Oh, that that. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he'd be humble. In the Old Testament, he's a savage. He's mean as fuck. Dude, but the covenant, man, the new covenant. Yeah, I'm not I'm not playing on any of that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, I bet you he's an asshole. I bet you him being a person, he ends up being a radicalized asshole. Mm. He's got the power of the universe in his being, and he's just like, I created these motherfuckers, and god damn it. My damn it, they suck. I mean, how many times in the Old Testament is he just like, all right, start over. <laughs> I'm wiping y'all out. Flood, disease, Sodom and Gomorrah. Fuck y'all. Don't look back. It's done. It's a wrap. He's just going to turn people to pillars of salt. He gets stuck in one traffic jam. I think he's like, all right, that's it. We're San done. Andreas fault. Boom. <laughs> You're done. Maybe not. Who maybe, knows? Yeah. Maybe not. That's a good question though. It is. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it would it would uh definitely put him to the test though. Put him, she, they to the test. It, they them. They'd I be so comp okay, see? So God, if God was one of us, imagine God's like, Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go into the teaching profession so that I can like provide some guidance to my children. And then they get children in their classroom, and every fucking week, he's got those three kids who are like, actually, I'm changing my name again. <laughs> he would lose his shit. He'd be like, what the fuck? I, I gave you that peen for a reason. You, you have a peen, bro. But, I don't know. I feel like God 
is so beyond our understanding and comprehension. How would God even decide what gender to come down as? Because God, I mean, there's no way God has a defined gender up there, right? Or wherever. What if it comes down? Well, what if they come down as like, like an animal? You know? Yeah. Oh shit! You know? Who knows? A turtle. That's not the question. God came as one of us. We are not turtles. What if God was one of us? I'm not talking about a life form. I'm talking about a person. He is humanized. I I, th- I think I'm more on the homeless guy route, but I guess that's up for interpretation. Matt thinks that he's a homeless guy. I think that he ends up becoming a dictator. Uh, somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two extremes. In between homeless dictator, so he's a stockbroker. No. Oh. Not, no, no, no. Walmart executive. He works at the biscuit factory. I mean, honestly, working retail is also pretty humble. So that could. He works at the Gap. <laughs> oh, my God. He's Jake from State Farm. He's wearing tight pants. He's definitely not Jared from Subway. No. What if he is? No. There's no way. Why maybe, not? Maybe he works at one of those 17 mattress firms in Chicago. That God's would, love hits differently. <laughs> that would explain the Catholic Church. Maybe he's a producer on Ancient Aliens. Oh, damn. He's trying to tell us the truth. Maybe he's Bob Lazar. Bro. Oh, wow. Okay. What a side tangent that turns into. Yeah. What if God is one of us? And he's an alien enthusiast, and he's trying to tell us, yo, they're coming. I know for a fact. Pay attention to this civilization and this evidence, and everyone else is like, you got crazy hair, bro. You're a meme. Aliens. Yeah, what if he is the ancient aliens guy? Yeah, what if he, oh my God. What if he is the ancient aliens guy? Mm. Mm. Giorgio A. Sucolos? That's such a specific name. That's very close to God. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great pick. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for the first one. Had to go big. Well, I'm sticking with big. I'm going to go with the age-old question that I think has been asked by every civilization since the beginning of time, which is what happens after we die? Damn, that's a good question. That is a good question. Man, I don't know. That's a damn good question. This is the question of questions. This Literally, every early civilization has had their depictions of the afterlife and them trying to conceptualize what happens after your mortal being ceases to exist. Like, does your spirit, spirit go on to a different plane of existence? I don't know. The Egyptians had a different understanding of that. There are the pagans had a different understanding of that. The Greeks had a different understanding of that. There's some different. There's some interesting um, books from people who have, uh, and my sister got me onto this, but who have uh, had near death experiences where their like brain or whatever like shut dies for a few yeah. seconds. You know that type of experience, and then they come back. And apparently, this one dude in particular said it's like mud like a mud pit that you're trying to like you're being swallowed by and it's like a horrifying experience and everything's a color of mud and uh i don't know that just sounds awful it's interesting because netflix has a series like a docu-series called surviving death 
and like each episode is talking about a different type of kind of death. Like I feel like there's um, like traumatic events, like body separates or body separate. What the fuck am I? Separates. I'm like separation, but that's not a fucking word. Separation. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Separation from your body. Um, There's like the past lives, like remembering your past lives. And no one in that talks about, dude, that would be hella traumatic. You're dying and it's like, oh, okay, now I'm in this vat of mud sinking. My existence is sinking away and I'm just trying to battle the quicksand that is my non-existence. It's fucking horrifying. Dude, that's horrifying. I don't want that to be it. So wait, what did these other people say? Do you have, do you- I remember, okay, so obviously there's like six or seven episodes or something in the series. And I just remember one lady was on like a rafting trip or some shit and her body got caught under like the current and she was under there for a long time. Um, and then people brought out her body and she said she had an out of body experience where she was like hovering above her body. And then she just like floated elsewhere and she could see all the people she cared about doing their thing, like living their life, having a gay old time. And she was like, oh, there's peace in this. Like she was going to go join this other entity thing, but then it was not her time. So then she got brought back to her body and she came back down. And that that's a common thing with people who have out-of-body experiences. Like they see what's going on in real time and they can recollect like what's happening when they're supposedly in the act of dying or being dead. Like that shit's crazy. I also think like, what's the, is there any correlation to like my ancestors? Like, can they like, are they able to like, uh, like comprehend, like is if in the app, if there's like, like whatever is beyond, like, are they observing all of this? Are they like, oh, yeah. this is, this is like, they've been dead for centuries and like, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. This is the guy. This motherfucker. Yeah. This guy? <laughs> well, and then along that, adding on to that idea, this is something I've been told my whole life. And I, I have an actually vivid memory of it from when I was younger that's attached to it. But let, let me, state what I've been told first is that my on my paternal side of the family I I everyone's like when they see me they think of my grandpa who died not quite a year before I was born so almost like past nine months though for sure yeah so yeah are you my, like him reincarnated that's the impression Whoa. that people get uh, like from my mannerisms to the things I say like when I'm professional, not goofy on this podcast, right? And this, because this is definitely a caricature of who I am, but like, well, yeah. no, this is really you, bro. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. And so I had this weird memory from when I was really young. Like, it's one of my first memories of me going up, like down, and him going up in an airplane because he was a um, a tail gunner in a B fifty two flying fortress. Was it the B fifty two that was a flying fortress? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he so he's going up. I'm going down. This is one of my first fucking memories. Mm-hmm. And and then I land in my mom's tummy. And anyway, I don't know. Like, am I my grandpa reincarnated since he died before I was con- like right before I was conceived? Yeah. Is this is this kind of like a. Uh like a Jedi type of thing where like you are all of your, your ancestors 
existing right now. Oh, like, that's interesting. You know, like, I don't know. This this is a profound question. Like, what what is what what happens next? And it's the one that nobody has a concrete answer to because obviously, like, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, the Egyptians they got buried with all their shit because they're like, you're gonna need it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like need those, to bury you with these scissors so that you can cut shit in the afterlife. You're like, taking that compound interest with you. Like they got they <laughs> like in the in the We're burial. burying you with your student loans, you son of a bitch. You will pay this back with interest. <laughs> like in the uh yeah, the pyramids, the burial the burial chambers, they're like that's like all their like loot. They're like, Yeah, you're gonna need it. Even their you're pets. Gonna need it. Yeah, you're gonna need it. You're gonna need your pet. Versus like in in like Indigenous cultures, you'd have more like, you know, funeral pyres and whatnot. Like, well, there, the thought was like, you know, your spirit's ascending and whatnot. But I don't know. This is a hell of a question. Yeah. Super wild. Or you reincarnate until you fucking reach nirvana, I guess. Yeah. And like, in like Buddhism and whatnot, like there's, there's all sorts of elements there. But then nirvana sounds terrifying in itself. It's like, sweet. Now you've reached the pinnacle and you are. You dissolve into nothingness and everything. You're above existence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> and then the like the con- the conceptions of like heaven and hell, you know, like based off of like your your mortal existence. So either you get in like the pearly white gates, or like you're down there being tortured for all of eternity. Yeah, but the torturous hell is like a product of. Christianity. I was yeah. about to say, I'm. I have an issue with like the fiery version of hell because that got popularized after Dante's Inferno came out. A literal novelization, like popularized that concept. Oh yeah, but I mean that's still something that like millions of people believe in. You know, yeah, just because they believe it, don't mean it's true. Yeah, well, like millions of people yeah. think the election was stolen, and hey, I mean, well, yeah. I guess the courts disproved that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. Can you really trust the courts? That's a different question. Yeah, that is, that is a different question. Leading to Dylan, what's your question? Man, heavy hitters already in the first round. Here. Okay, well, I'm gonna keep going with the existential stuff. So this is a question that always stumped my teachers because I went to a Catholic school, y'all, and they would always be like, "Well, in the beginning there was God, and He made everything," and I'd be like, "But wait, that doesn't make any sense. What created God?" What came before God? What was before God, y'all? Is that, is that the question? Well, sort of. I mean, except you could replace God with like the Big Bang, right? Like what? Like what? What came before God? If you are religious and have faith, or like what happens before the big? Like what? Just what is before there is? What? What? What can exist if? I don't know. It's just it's a baffling question, right? What, what like what? Existed before the universe? Yeah. Mm. Or before God, if you're religious. The big crunch? What's that? Well, they say, like, I mean, scientists try to say that it's just a repeating cycle. You have a big bang, everything expands to a certain point, and then it all collapses in on itself, and that's called the big crunch, and then it reignites a new big bang. It's like a Damn. think of it as like a universal redistribution of wealth. So it's there's potential then that this is there's already been a universe that's happened before this one. 
Is, is it kind of like the theory of like displaced matter where like almost kind of like how, you know, you put your hand in like a bowl of water and as your hand sinks, like the other water rises. Is it kind of like that where it's like by one universe existing, another one had to die out. And then when one dies out, another one automatically exists just based off of like, it's almost kind of like a, a, a gigantic seesaw. One goes down, other goes up. One goes up, other goes goes down. Interesting. It could be it. I yeah. mean, it's it's a weird thing to think about because they also say like we're hurtling away from the center of the Big Bang, and we're gaining speed as we move away from the center, and eventually every star is going to burn out. Like it's just a matter of time. Yeah, right. Billions and billions of years. So then, yeah. when that when that happens, what happens? Everything just expands into the void, and it's just an endless void. The universe, I mean, I'm not a fucking physicist or whatever field studies that shit. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like it could just go endlessly. Everything has a limit, yeah, doesn't it? Where is the edge of the universe? That would, you know... I, it really makes me appreciate astronauts because, like, the whole notion of a spacewalk and we're contained inside our own little galaxy, which is huge. But in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty small like that. Talk about claustrophobia and just like almost kind of like a fear of heights of being like, whoa, I'm floating out in the middle of nothing. Yeah. That's inside a bigger middle of nothing inside of a bigger middle of nothing inside of a bigger middle of nothing. Mm-hmm. Damn. Forget so- that. I don't want to go to space. Get this. So, okay, this is how it works. If the universe holds enough matter, including dark matter, which we still haven't quite figured out, the combined gravitational attraction of everything will gradually halt this expansion and precipitate the ultimate collapse of the universe. So, over time, galaxies, then individual stars, will smash into each other more frequently because everything's been halted, killing off any life on nearby planets. And so, okay, there's that idea, right? But then there's the other idea. This is sort of tangentially related. But like, what if, and it, you made me think about this with every, you always made me think about this with everything expanding. What if we've already gone past the point where like different civilizations in the universe can reach each other? Like we've already expanded past that point. Oh, like there was a sweet spot of where we could have made contact. But then just by laws of physics and whatnot, like we're, we're too past that and our technology hasn't evolved enough to, do anything substantial. Yeah. Damn. Maybe I should have saved that question for later. But I it just made me think of another question. Sorry. <laughs> the draft of questions. Man, it's thought-provoking. But, okay, going back, God. Okay, let's say we're all religious. I'm not, but let's say we are. Neither am I, yeah. And so God exists. But if God exists and always has been, how the fuck is that even possible? That just doesn't make any sense. Like, how is that possible? Something would have had to create God, right? Or God would have had to come into being somehow. Well, and that carries another question of, like, who is the person, first person to conceptualize the idea of a God? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Who is the first person to come out and be like, I can't explain all this. There must be something up there that can explain all this. I mean, we can only track that back as far as writing goes. Yeah. And then we are stuck at the Mesopotamians. And it's like, okay, well, they figured it out. Yeah. Others had to have thought about it before. 
Yeah, there's this weird mask totem thing that was found, I think, in Russia. Have y'all heard of this? No. It's really creepy. Um, but it's it looks very ominous. And it's definitely like a symbol of a deity. Um, let's see. Old Russian totem mask. Let's see if I can find that. Uh, oh, I think I might have found it. This is it. The Shigar Idol. So it's cool looking. But if you look at the face, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know, kind of creepy looking. Hmm. Definitely to a deity, deity of some sort. And that predates writing, I believe. Let's see. That's from 12,000 years ago. It's crazy. Man, what what would come before God? I mean, because, like, what if God is just another life form, right? But his lifespan is so great that we can't even, fat, like, to us, he's eternal. But to him, it's like, nah, it's fine. Like, he's got a finite lifespan. It might be billions of years. But a billion years to us might be a hundred years to him. But yeah, it's just kind of like maybe a bad comparison, but like Loki, like he who remains, you know, like just some dude like way mm -hmm. the hell out there. That's just like the puppet master mm -hmm. pulling like, all the strings. Like what if he's so big, right? Like because Galactus is huge, but we're talking like in terms of scale, like he can hold the universe in his hand, right? He's so big that time moves differently yeah. for him, right? That would make sense. That's the only, yeah. only way to be omnipotent, omniscient, all that stuff is if that was the case, right? Yeah, just like colossally big. But then like also having like, I mean. You'd have to be so big that you could actually hold time in your hands. Well, because I'm thinking about like scientists when they look at, when they're looking at cells, right? They can see cells divide and they can see cells die. So we would be like the cosmic version of that. We are just like cosmic cells. And so he's just watching us replicate and die off. And so like when he's watching us, like our lifespan is literally a few seconds. Then we're like, okay, and gone. Damn. Right? What if that's it? Like <laughs> maybe nothing came before him because like, our lifespans are all so short and his is so long. It's like there hasn't been, or maybe it's just more gods, Damn. just more entities like him that have created other things and then gone about their, gone about their lives, died, passed out peace. Mm -hmm. You know, Damn. when uh, someone asked my old Testament teacher in high school, like what he thought God was. And he was like, honestly, just a mixture of gases that came together and exploded. Like, Oh, so the big bang. Profound. Yeah. Got it. Thanks, bro. Really thought provoking. That actually started my journey towards agnosticism. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> my Old Testament teacher just told me that. That just shifted my whole worldview because this guy's teaching me about burning bushes and shit. It's funny how that works out because I remember having a similar experience as a kid where it's like you get introduced to relit, like depending at depending on how quickly. They try to thrust you into their religious beliefs. Like that'll determine how many questions you come up with. And if you're, if they put too much on your plate too soon, you're like, wait, 
this doesn't add up. This don't make no sense. What the fuck? I don't think we can know this. I don't, I'm not going to say none of this exists, but I'm also not going to say it exists. I throw my hands up and I quit. I quit. I'm back. I don't up. know. Yep. I don't know. I'll figure it out when I die, I guess. Yep. I'm backing out the door. I plead the fifth. I'll try to be a good person. Y'all. I plead the fifth. <laughs> And that's a good way to close out the first round. That is. That is a good way to close out the first round, which means it's ad time, babies. We all love a good ad. And you know what? We've got a new ad for you from our friends over at Mega Steroid Plus. Mount Draftmore. How do they get so cool? What's up, gang? Ricky here from Mega Steroid Plus, your premium online steroid marketplace. We're here to serve you with the highest quality steroids on the market. Tired of falling short of those big boy gains in the gym? We've got all the supplements to make you manlier than you can imagine. Limp noodle arms? Try our exclusive HGH backed by Peru's leading fitness gurus. Trying to impress babes that don't even give you the time of day? Our pure testosterone will get you jacked quicker than any legal supplement on the market. Want to be a bodybuilder or personal trainer? Our coke and creatine blend will keep you energized longer for more productive workouts with only minor damage to your testicles. Quit working so hard for those petty gains. Visit Megasteroidplus.com. That's Megasteroidplus.com for all your enhancement goods today and use the discount code DRAFTMORE at checkout for 15% off your online order. All products ship free internationally and come with a 45-day no money-back guarantee. Get your swole daddy gains and start impressing everyone in your circles at Megasteroidplus.com and never lose time in the gym again. That's Megasteroidplus.com Plus.com. Megasteroidplus.com, where little boys become swole daddies. Now, draft How can I become a swole daddy? Megasteroidplus.com, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really intrigued by their Coke and creatine blend. Like, what whoa, a combination. Whoa, whoa. You get you get the energy. You get the swole daddy from the creatine. I'm, I'm into it. I mean, I'm down. Round two. Pretty sure that's what the 1980s was built off of. Day. <laughs> Megasteroidplus.com. That is, <laughs> this, we in the dot com era, baby. After you buy your truck, go there. Get a truck. And go go to megasteroidplus.com, especially when you're feeling insecure about your masculinities. <laughs> Round two. Dylan, you got the the you got the second question. Second question on your list. Yep. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. staying mm-hmm. with the existential questions. Um, why do we exist? I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> People, some people think they have a like special purpose to be here. I don't think that for myself. I, I am just here. I have no idea why I'm here. Man, you got to stop being so hard on yourself. <laughs> got to give yourself a little credit. You got purpose. I don't know what the fuck it is, but you got purpose. To ask this question yeah. at this moment in time. That's my. That's that's what it's all come down to, guys. Matt, why do we exist? Oh, man, I don't know. Like that. That that's such a heavy question because it's like. You can subscribe to different different understandings of that. Is that like it's just a series of random things that just happen to work out, like just completely untethered to one another. Of just like this happened, then that happened, then it happened. That's why you're here. I don't know. That 
yeah that or is there like a, a bigger thing that this is all sequential and happening in in order i don't know you're doing an awful job answering this question you're just expanding and asking more questions <laughs> i know i don't you're have like, an answer so wait was it just the convergence of multiple nut sacks <laughs> and multiple eggs over generations that equated to you yeah coming out nah man them nut sacks mattered <laughs> hashtag make nut sacks matter make nut sacks great again <laughs> I guess airwayplus.com. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess like there, there's a couple different interpretations. There's the, you have the free will interpretation. Yeah. Right. God gave you free will. You can do whatever you want. Or, ah, but there's, there's a conundrum in that. How can he be omnipotent? How can he be all knowing if you have free will? Yeah, is this like Doctor Strange who like knows the million different possibilities? Because I remember when I took philosophy in college, that was one of the things is like God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. But a being like there's there's actually a fallacy in that because you can't be all three. You can't be everything everywhere, especially every we, knowing. Especially if we have powerful. free will. Yeah. Because you can't know everything if we have the power to predetermine our decisions. So that would take all knowing off the board. I don't think that's true. I visualize it like this. Okay. I visualize it like the most recent, the Loki season, where with the timelines, how there's, you know, like the one clean timeline, but that's not reality. Reality is there's multiple universes, multiple timelines, and God can see all of them. Um, so he's giving us free will to do whatever he want, but he can also see all the different options. Doesn't mean he's going to stop it. He's like, yeah, do what you want. That's fine. Like you have the choice to determine your fate. That is my gift to you. I'm not going to stop you no matter what the outcome is. Hitler looking at you. Okay. Um, but do you have choice if the choice is already predetermined? The multiple timelines, like because he can see, based on what you're saying, because he can see every single timeline, he can see every decision you've ever made, then are you actually ever able to make a decision on your own? I would argue yes, and that it's because he, it, they are not making the, the decision for you. They're giving you the option to make it, and it could be an infinite number of timelines, but the, 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 I guess the point I'm driving at is that no matter how many timelines there are and how many choices are made, how many derivations there are, God could see all of them. So, yeah, ranging from big to small, like my decision to use this pen versus mm -hmm. a different pen, right? Like something that small compounded by like all the other more mm -hmm. consequential things that I decide on a daily basis that a all-powerful being would know every given scenario that could potentially happen from the color of the pen to what I decide to do with, like, my job and things like that. But they're not determining what you do. They're yeah, not but, setting but that they know all the possibilities. They know the possibilities. Hmm. That is how I visualize it. I get stuck on the omnipotence part because to be omnipotent, means that you have the power to prevent what's coming into existence, specifically the power to prevent evil from coming into existence. God could not be 
omnipotent because there's evil in the world. Doesn't God just, but again, that goes to the free will. He gives us the free will to do what we want. Doesn't mean he's going to stop everything, right? But he's stopped things in the past. Theoretically, like when things have gone off the rails before, he's just wiped shit out and press restart. Try it again. Like he did the Garden of Eden. He was like, oh, y'all broke the rules. Well, fuck you. Now you're going to ride. Now you're going to ride and die. Because hmm. if God is in omniscient, he must already know how he is going to intervene to change the course of history, like using his omnipotence. But that means he can't change his mind about his intervention, which means he's not omnipotent. Hmm. That's interesting. That's why this is a philosophical question, because like you have these three ang- like three pieces of the triangle, but... There's always two that can coexist, but the third one never fits. Because if the third one fits, then one of the other two doesn't fit. But if God is an all-powerful, all-knowing being, wouldn't God just defy the way that like physics and our ideas even work, and we wouldn't even be able to comprehend God? Wouldn't our like we can try to we can try to logic God all we want, but would that really work in the end with an an entity of that nature well and this is also like getting into the uh the question of like how do we have consciousness how do we how are we able to like discuss this type of a question you know like and that gets into that where it's like we have the ability to like conceptualize like our own existence like think about that i don't know this is a complicated question. It is. Yeah. It's a good one, though. It's a good one. Like, if if you're a Christian, depending on which Christian sect you are, I guess, you grow up thinking, like, well, the reason I exist is to, pr- like, spread the good news, right? And, like, like uh, use the earth's bounty and fill it with other people, right? Other Christians. That's, like, kind of your reason for existence, right? Is to live for God and God, like, whatever that entails. But... I guess the average person though. Yeah. My question off that is how the fuck do you know what God wants? I mean, through Christian theology, you know, based on prophets and whatever, but I don't know, man. So this is functioning off his foreknowledge because there's the idea that, Oh my God, this is so fucking confusing. We're, this is a rabbit hole. Okay. So if God has the foreknowledge to change things, that also means he has the foreknowledge to change his mind later, but that implies that there's holes in his knowledge beforehand. So he's making corrections based on the decisions he made or didn't make in the beginning, which would mean true omniscience and true omnipotence can't possibly belong in the same being. But, oh God But he's still... Dope enough to go back and fix shit, or but, to, well, but see, but then that statement doesn't fit with the idea that he could actually predict his own behavior, which is kind of what you're saying. Like, how the fuck do we know what he thinks or what he wants? Right, we're functioning off of our idea of what we do and what we want and what we think and how we act and how he acts according to that. 
but that doesn't take into account how he actually would determine his decisions himself. Oh God. How does God make my decisions? brain hurt? I know. What, what the is, fuck? This is not a I think theology we need to move question. on to the next question here. That, uh, yeah. Point is, why do we exist? We don't know. It's true. There's some reason. Eh, just beyond our our ability to fathom, I guess. Natural selection. That's another idea. There so <laughs> my next question is uh why do we dream? That's a good question. I think off debated, isn't it? Yeah. Like dreams are very complicated. You either have like you you when you sleep, like your mind goes into a different plane of existence, I feel like. Like you either you have a multitude of possibilities. You have nightmares, right? You relive you relive like either people from your life, past, people maybe you are thinking about in your future, moments from your past, your present, your future. You're thinking about all the things that you've absorbed or like come into contact with or like seen, heard, watched, smelled, tasted throughout your entire life or things you might even think about doing in the future. Like there's, there's infinite things that you think about and you dream about. Why do we, why does our mind do that? If we had to boil down what dreams are comprised of, what would we say? Dude, memories, memories, emotions, what else? Possibilities. So like desires. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like your deepest desires. Also our fears. Yeah. Confronting dangers. Yeah. Like those are probably the four biggest things, right? It's really but then our, they have like offshoots of themselves. Our brain trying to like figure itself out like while we're while it's I don't know. Dormant. While, yeah. Yeah. While our body is dormant and not like busy like actively figuring shit out then that's time for our brain to go to work like categorizing everything yeah like like you're not critically thinking so then is that like by when you're sleeping is that when you like your creative like conceptualization of existence comes into play i don't know well like when we study so like in health class when we study sleep and we talk about dreams as a tan like a change a tangent of sleeping right it's all about processing information and memories. And so then those things tie to the four things that we are talking about. Memories, emotions, fears, and desires. Especially with like your emotions, the desires and fears, like those things are very connected to memories or to experiences. So like there's a lot of theories out there that say that dreams don't actually mean shit. It's just your brain's way of processing all of this information while you're in a deep cycle. But, I mean, that's definitely not a, like, consensus. No, it's just a theory. But, I mean, okay, anecdotally. So, here's an example. Um, if I'm teaching a, a class on a new subject, and it's a two-part lesson, like a two-day lesson, that first day, I might explain that lesson like shit if it's the first time I've ever done it, right? But then, I've had this happen where I will literally dream about it for the whole night and I'll rework it in my dream. And I re I wake up the next day. I'm like, Oh, like I get it. And I write it down and rework the whole thing for the next day for the second part. And it's like, I come to class and everything's just magic, right? It's the same thing with like studying for a test. You get a great sleep after you study for a test, right? 
and everything just comes together for that sweet, sweet, like five part essay test because you studied for it and got a good night's sleep. But I feel like you've just, you've bought like what you've just described is like the conventional theory. Like in, while you were in sleep, your brain processed all of this information that you were already running in your head beforehand. Yeah. Like one thing that separates us from everything else on the planet is our ability to strategize and our ability to preemptively think of things that are coming down the pipeline, Mm -hmm. right? Other creatures can do this to a lesser extent, but we can think so big picture, like from such a high view, you can make adjustments that are going to have like long lasting impacts on the rest of your life. Right. So I don't know, like aiding in memory and processing information seem to be like what the point of dreams are as opposed to it being like some connection to like your self-conscious. Well, and I also just think like it's interest. It's fascinating to think about like the human body's need for sleep, right? The fact that like our, our physical body needs time to rest but our mind never shuts off you know when you die it does at that point but like think about it during whatever the eight seven eight nine whatever however long you sleep like your body might be resting but in some ways like your mind is constantly moving right like your brain's functioning in some way shape or form and that's when you wake because like you wake up and you're like damn i had the craziest dream so obviously something was going on like, why does that happen? Why, it, why don't we just, like, when we sleep, why doesn't, like, everything just stop? I don't know. Something to think about. Sometimes dreams be random, though. Oh, like, yeah, like, crab people chasing you through, like, a desert or something. Like, Is that you? No, I'm just saying, like, that, like you could combine a whole infinite number of things that could happen in a dream, and you're like, damn, that was crazy. I don't even know why I was dreaming about that. If yeah. you've had crazy dreams, send us an email to mountdraftmore at gmail.com. We'd love to we read will them. read your dreams live on an upcoming podcast. Who knows? They may make idea. their way into an, an ad at some point. If we get enough dreams, we'll do a dream draft. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, why do we dream? That's my question. On to you. Oh, y'all are doing such big questions, and I feel like my questions are all kind of jokey jokes. I've got some jokey questions later on. And I'm just going to stick with them, because I've got real questions that demand real answers, damn it. Here's a question for you. Why why didn't Dumbledore use the time <laughs> turner to kill Voldemort? Man. Because Dumbledore... Maybe he probably thought that shit was irresponsible to do, right? Or, 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 hold Butterfly on. Effect. Hold on. No, hold on a second. Hold on. Okay, let me ask, like, a side question so I can clarify, so I can get this question really tuned in. Is it Dumbledore who gives the time turner to Hermione, or is it McGonagall who gives the time turner to Hermione? I thought it was Dumbledore. Dumbledore instructs them to use it in the third movie. But I feel like Hermione mentions in the movie i haven't read the book in a long time so forgive me like avid book readers but i feel like she mentions that mcgonagall was the one who is helping her juggle this massive course load that she otherwise wouldn't be able to so i don't know if my question is why didn't dumbledore or why didn't mcgonagall use the time turner but you're thinking like you're saying okay butterfly effect yeah right but my problem with the time travel in the Harry Potter universe is 
if something happens, then why not use the time turner right after that something happens? Because what the fuck is a butterfly effect if time has barely moved past that event? So I'm not saying like Dumbledore goes all the way back to when he finds Voldemort in the orphanage. Yeah. I'm saying like when Voldemort is coming to ice Lily in James Potter, like why don't they time turn back to that shit and catch that dude right when he's walking up in there? Well, Dumbledore didn't have the um, Horcruxes yet. But you don't need the Horcruxes to time to use the time turner. They use it in the third movie. We don't even know where the Horcrux is in the third movie. No, but he didn't have like... I guess what I'm saying is he didn't have the Horcruxes to kill Voldemort. He could, I mean, but he didn't know that. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yes, from a like looking at it from the back end of the movie, the back end of the story. Yeah, you would have needed to have the Horcruxes, but that doesn't mean when that event happened that he couldn't go back to that time and ice him. Because what would have happened, like, okay, let's say he time turns, goes back to there, saves Lily and James. Ice is Voldemort. It's like, okay, cool, we got him. And then you find out decades later, oh, shit, he had Horcruxes. Okay, whatever. Like, he still wouldn't have known. In the third movie, they didn't know anything about Horcruxes, presumably. Right. Right? Yeah. So I don't feel like that is a val. Like, while what you're saying is true, that's not a reason that would have hindered him from actually doing it. I also think there might be an ev- uh, an element, though, of Dumbledore, although he's imperfect... That he is more or less like a good, you know, I think he has an understanding of the larger ramifications of decisions because, I mean, the dude had the Deathly Hallows. That's true. He he didn't use them. So I think there might be an element there of like him just being like, all right, like I can't meddle with a ton. I can meddle a little bit, but I can't meddle a lot because if I meddle a lot that has larger consequences, then I think... I'm prepared to confront. Okay, so mm-hmm. then I will push back on this. At the time when Lily and James get killed by Voldemort, he doesn't have all the Deathly Hollows. James has, has the cloak of invisibility, yeah. and Voldemort has the ring. Yeah. Because the ring is which ancestral. Is, yeah. It was his mom's. Yeah. So he's not even a master of death yet. Yeah. All the more reason why he should fucking use that to go back and ice Voldemort. I think the, okay, like, the so the time turners have rules. And and so one of the issues is in Harry Potter, I don't know that the rules are spelled out well enough. And so I'm not sure if this was spelled out afterwards or in the books, and I just missed it. It's been a while since I read them, about 12 years. But traveling back in time is dangerous because you can fuck shit up, right? There's, uh, like, imagine you go back, how, how long is that, like 10 years? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want you to construe my question as if he is passing a large amount of time. Okay. My question is specifically like, Snape is the one who comes in and Mm -hmm. finds Lily and James Potter. Right. Right? Right. They've been, like, they got got straight grossed. Yeah. Done. Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He communicates that to Voldemort, or he communicates that to Dumbledore. Oh, so it happens right then and there. We see... We see that flashback in the last movie. That's what I'm talking about. Oh. Because the amount of time that passes, that's what I'm not asking. It's like, like a day or so. how come yeah. 10 years later he doesn't go back? Okay, I understand. Because everything that happened in that 10 years is going to be a lot of ripple effects, a lot of butterfly yeah. effects. But if Voldemort walks in there, kills them, 
Snape goes in, sees it. He warps. He goes and meets with Dumbledore. This is all within it's, a couple hours, presumably. It's within the five-hour limit. Yeah. Why wouldn't Dumbledore just go back? Fuck those five hours. Okay, cool. I changed some shit. Like, oh, how much shit did you possibly change in five hours? You didn't bend or break the fabric of reality. All you did was go back and save people from the most like evil motherfucker that there has been in this version of this world. Well, maybe you think maybe it might be just as simple as like he didn't have it. I don't know, because it seems like a piece of magic that must be kind of accessible if they're giving it to a fucking student in her third year. Like, let's be real. They trust a third year student at Hogwarts with this like. A, like amazing power or, or maybe it's maybe it's something as simple as just like. Maybe because I mean Voldemort immediately like Harry's like it backfires and like kills Dumbledore like maybe maybe he's like oh well you know he's he's done you know what do you Uh, mean it backfires and kills Dumbledore well like eventually like Dumbledore dies nah we know that's not true we know from the flashback in the last movie between Snape and Dumbledore Snape says to him. Basically, what does it matter? The Dark Lord's gone. Like, yeah. the kid's going to be fine. Yeah. And Dumbledore comes out and says, no. Like, he's going to return. He'll be back. Well, then, yeah, you got a good point. I don't know why. Unless that's maybe he just didn't have it. <laughs> I think the realistic answer is Dumbledore didn't necessarily know he could win. Because it's not... It's for Dumbledore is not a humble guy. Let's be real. But it's not that he can't win against Voldemort but Voldemort plus hit the forces backing him because this is Voldemort at his peak pretty much right with his um death eaters and Dumbledore I mean I'm sure Dumbledore's got you know like a lot of power behind him but let's be real the ministry has never really liked Dumbledore I see him as a radical yeah and so can Dumbledore actually go back and do it can he like it's like Yoda going to meet Sidious Right? Can Yoda actually do it? Well, Yoda's brash enough to go do it, and then in the middle of the fight realizes, fuck, like this isn't my face. This is a floor. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation because that was actually whack. Like Yoda is fighting hand in hand against Sidious. There's no reason why Yoda should have fucking f- left. He fell down. Okay, old guy, you fell down. Get your broken ass up. You didn't break a hip. You can still use the force. Get the fuck up. It's- Get out of that big open... Senate chamber, get into a hallway where you can use your size and your agility to your advantage and fuck up Sidious. See, that's another thing that I got a problem with, but we're not talking about Star Wars. Right. We got to stay. But it's a similar issue because Yoda left because he knew that there were stormtroopers on the way and he can't take all of them together. And, and Sidious is using the Senate chamber to his advantage. That was his advantage. That's his ground. That's his turf. Yoda would have to work his way back up. And... Yoda had a vision that that wasn't even his fate. Dumbledore probably, knowing the circumstances of what transpired, realized like it was probably in the better interest to just move forward and work with what they had. But we know in, in Harry Potter's universe that nobody except for Voldemort can step to Dumbledore. So I feel like I get what you're saying, but I would push back on Dumbledore having fear of forces outside of himself or forces aligned with Voldemort because those forces dwindle to absolutely nothing. They go deep into hiding after Voldemort gets dusted. They don't come out to back him up because there's no, there's a vacuum 
but there's no one to fill the power void. No one in that world. No one fills it. In, all, in, in the time after he dies to when he comes back. It's almost 20 years, yeah. They're all just biding their time. No one after Voldemort dies steps up and is like, all right, here I am, number two. Lu- I am the Lucius clear Malfoy. number two. Yeah. We're done here. Like I get, I get that you're trying to answer the question, but I feel like, man, just fucking go back and just ice him. Ice I him. also feel like the time turners... Like whenever you introduce time travel as a concept into any sort of lore, it it immediately creates way more questions that can then can be answered. So is this not a great question it's worthy a good question. of your vote, it boys is. and good girls? Question. It is a great question because it's like, okay, J.K. Rowling, did you really have to bring time travel into fucking Harry Potter? Because this is the one Pandora's box real issue in the novel. It's because you put fucking time travel in there, dude. Well, and they never use it again. I mean, you could ask another time turner question of like, okay, after Dumbledore gets infected, trying to destroy the Horcrux, why doesn't he just rewind right there? I mean, selfishly, I'm be honest. If I'm sitting there trying to destroy a Horcrux, in the top of my desk, I have a time turner. Okay. Oh, shit. I zap it. I destroy it. But it infects me, and I'm going to die in a certain amount of time. Oop. Guess what I'm going to do? Pull out that time turner. Zwoop. Okay. So I know I can't destroy it this way. <laughs> or, or like, because at this point, Hermione has possession of the time turner. Why doesn't Harry use it to save Sirius? Dude, uh, right? the time turner, like use the fucking, maybe my question shouldn't be why didn't Dumbledore use the time turner, but why didn't anyone use the goddamn time because turner? Because it is a flaw in the writing. Yeah, I feel like yeah. time travel gets entered when they It's like, a MacGuffin. When they're like, yeah. shit, I got no other answer here. Yes, and that's why, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, people beyond the binary, if you are writing, do not include time travel unless it you got- It creates a paradox. Unless you have specific rules- like, that is the thing. There has to be specific rules. And maybe we're just missing those here, but I don't think we are. I think it's just the five-hour rule. I think that's it. And they say and they say in the movie, like, oh, you can't run into yourself. Okay, that's pretty, that's pretty easy. But in this scenario that I'm laying out, Dumbledore wasn't there at Godric's Hollow. So he could have gone and just poofed there. Boom. Voldemort's done. done. Enzo. And there's one less Horcrux. What if, I don't know. What if Dumbledore thought, though, that their battle might actually wreak more havoc than what Voldemort did? I don't know, I don't know. He Good battled question, him though. in the Ministry of Magic. He did, and that he was He went down gnarly. there and battled him. And that was actually one of the best like scenes in all the movies. Oh, it was so good. Shit went so hard. But imagine that that's in like a, a suburb, like a, a, an, an English suburb that's like dense. Collateral right? damage? Oh, nice. It could be insane. But greater good. Collateral damage for the greater good? The question of questions. Yeah. That is a question of questions. We're halfway through this jam. We're an hour deep. So I'll make the executive decision. We're just going to call this a two-parter. You're welcome, folks. <laughs> You're welcome, y'all. <laughs> we bring up questions so that we can try to answer, but they take a little longer, and that's okay. So this will be a two-parter, which means, you know, we're going to hit that outro music. Be sure to tune in next week so you can get our other two questions, and then you can vote for who you thought win, or who you thought won. Sorry. Win, win is in the present yes. tense. One is in the past tense. We are in the present. You just use a time turner. Yeah, use a time turner. Do that. Until next time, 
Uh, be sure to share if you enjoyed the episode. If you love it, if you enjoy past episodes, please share them on your social medias. You can also let us know what you thought of the episodes or let us know who you thought won so far or give us any opinions or any dreams that you have and we'll read those on air. Yep. MountDraftMore at gmail.com. You can send them there or you can let us know on our social medias. That'd be on Twitter at DraftMore. Facebook at MountDraftMore. And Instagram at Mount or Instagram MountDraftMore. Next week, we will wrap this up, give you our other two questions. Then you can determine who was the big time winner. But until then, ponder these questions. Matt asked you, what happens after we die? Why do we dream? Dylan asked what comes or what came before God, before the Big Bang, and why do we exist? And I asked, what if God is one of us, and why didn't Dumbledore use the time turn to kill Voldemort? We'll see you here next week. Peace.